will be singing and playing Rebel Heart by Lauren Dable. This rebel heart, so stubborn and so restless from the start. I don't want to fight you anymore. So take this rebel heart and make it yours. Father, I no longer want to run. with your love and drowned it underneath the crimson spill so bend this rebel heart into your will I give it over to you I give it over to you your love is like an This rebel heart belongs to you. Help me lay the renegade to rest. And turn the stone inside me back to flesh. And hold me till my best defenses fall. And watch this rebel heart. Give it over to you. I give it over to you. Your love is like an arrow, straight and true. And now this rebel heart belongs to you. Oh, take my life and let.
Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So I am very happy to brag about how weak I am. Then Christ's power can rest on me. Because of how I suffered for Christ, I am glad that I am weak. I am glad in hard times. I am glad when people say mean things about me. I am glad when things are difficult. And I am glad when people make me suffer. When I am weak, I am strong. Thank you, everyone, Mr. Eli, Miss Gabby, um, Brother Rick, Brother Carl. Thanks for working with me today. Now, I'm not going to be preaching to you uh, today. I don't. I have not prepared a sermon. What I want to do with us today is to just remind us that, with and by God's grace and mercy. It's possible for all of us to move forward in 2020. So I'm just going to be relating a few stories. I want to talk about how we can move forward from 2019 into 2020. And uh, so I want you to pray for me, be with me, that the Lord will be with me as I make this presentation. A preacher's little boy inquired from his daddy, Daddy, I notice every Sabbath morning, when you first come out to preach, you sit up on the platform and bow your head. What are you doing, he asked. The father explained, my boy, I'm asking the Lord to give me a good sermon. The little boy said, then why doesn't he, Daddy? (laughs) I'm in that position this morning. I want you to bow your heads with me for a moment, please. As I come before you, Lord, I pray that you would light my way, our way. May we resist evil, love you more, walk with you closely, and make a concerted effort, Lord, to lead others to Christ. You know, I think it was a year ago when Brother John and I did the New Year's program. And I, at that time, I had talked a little bit about what we need to do in order to leave things behind that are in the past and to concentrate only on moving forward into the things that are to come. So my aim is just to remind us about the importance of being God's hands, God's ears, his eyes, his mouth, reaching out and winning souls for him. And I'm praying that because of God's grace and mercy, that he will be able to do that with us in 2020. You know, the late pastor and Bible scholar, Donald Barnhouse, tells us that love, we talk a lot about love in our church, don't we? But he tells us that love that goes upward is worship. Love that reaches out is affection. But love that stoops is grace. 
Now, how many of us have that love that stoops? We talk a lot about loving each other, but do we really stoop and let others know that we really love them? And that is grace. You know, in this world, we human beings seem to be eternally on the lookout for a place to park. Everywhere we look, we see signs that say, don't park here, or no parking allowed. These signs are designed for our safety and are meant to keep us in our proper place. But there seem to be a tendency in many of us to want to find the easy way out. And in spite of the warnings, we still park where we have no business parking. We not only park our automobiles, but we park ourselves freely and the muscles, we park ourselves as well. We park our bodies by not exercising them to keep the blood pumping freely and muscles toned. We park our minds by ceasing to ask why we are here, where we are, and what we are. We park our souls in places and in ways that God doesn't want us to. We think life is something that we can stop, put aside, and do with as we desire when we get good and ready. But life is like a stream, and the water must continue to flow forward in order for our lives to count for anything. You see them everywhere, in front of hotels, hospitals, fire hydrants, bus stops, and theaters. They are seen on bridges, in tunnels, and on curves, and shoulders of the highways. Everywhere you look, you see the familiar sign saying, no parking zone. One of the most persistent warnings in traffic and in life is the warning of the danger of parking of resting, uh, of settling down where we should not, and paying the penalty for doing so. In traffic, the penalty is a monetary fine. In life, it's a little more severe. The penalty is an ad- arrested development, a stunted personality, a narrowed vision, a limited life. Life is for growth for movement, for development, for struggle, for progress. The life that becomes static becomes stagnant. So let us not park by our failures. Who is there among us who has never failed? I have failed, and so have you. The Apostle Paul said, my one aspiration is to forget what lies behind, and striving to what lies ahead. I press on, and I hope you do likewise. Don't park by your handicap. Millions sit parked by some handicap, fancied or real, and consequently fail to grow, to develop, to achieve in life, simply because they don't look like everyone else, or talk like everyone else, or walk like everyone else. You know, the story is told of a little boy 
who lost his right hand in an accident. When the doctor questioned him about his handicap, he replied, I don't have a handicap. I just don't have a right hand. Later, the doctor discovered the boy had gone on to become one of the leading scorers on his high school basketball team. His philosophy in life was, it's not what you've lost, but what you have left that counts. That's the winning attitude. And with God's help, you, we all can develop it. Let us not park by our resentments. And I know sometimes in our families and in our church families, we somehow become resentful, a bit resentful, because of things others have said to us or others have done to us. You know, we will not always be able to choose the changes and circumstances that come to us but we will always be able to choose the attitude and spirit in which we meet them. We are not always responsible for everything that happens to us in life, but we are responsible for the attitude we take towards it. Let us surrender all of life's hurts, heartaches, disappointments, and unpleasant situations to God. He is able to help us through them all. You know, Hebrews 13, verse 5 tells us, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. And that's Jesus telling us. He's given us the assurance that we need not fail in 2020. You know, no parking. Don't park. Just keep moving. Let us keep moving into 2020. You know, Paul's life was a constant reaching forth, ever forward in that goal. From the moment of that unforgettable Damascus Road encounter, when he asked, Lord, What wilt thou have me to do? Paul never looked back. This Christian life is a constant journey. It's not an easy one, but it's a constant one, and we must succeed. The way is obstacle-ridden and tribulation-filled, so that it appears difficult at times, especially when observed through the natural eye. We will be tempted constantly to slow down and come to a complete stop. We may end up parking with no desire to move on. Reaching forth and pressing forward takes effort of will and determination of faith. Some of us now are parked by our past experiences. If we constantly dwell in the past, we'll never fit into the future. Sometimes we can become so attached to our old ways of doing things, and tradition becomes so dear that we either fail to see or fail to see what God is doing. 
are wont to do with his people. We therefore dig our heels in and bend our heads in stubbornness, resisting the tug of the Holy Ghost and in the process losing all that God has planned for us. Remember the Israelites were busy for 40 years but got nowhere. Do we know why? They refused to forget the things left behind. They refused to reach for the things ahead that were promised by God. They had no desire to press forward to the destination intended for them by God. So I said to you today, do not park by your past experiences, just keep moving. And then some of us are parked by our failures. Don't let failure force you to park. Pick yourself up and move on to the next city. Prolonged parking produces rust in the joints and gradual paralysis. Judas, like the other 11 disciples, was chosen by Jesus. He had obtained part of the ministry. He chose to park in the wrong place. He allowed himself to be distracted by money and power, and then he fell because of greed. He never recovered, never repented, never begged for forgiveness, but went out and hung himself. Peter, on the other hand, denied Christ not once, but twice. Not once, not twice, but three times. He must have felt such shame, guilt, and humiliation enough to destroy him. But instead, what do we see? About 50 days later, Peter is standing up before a massive crowd, accusing them of killing the Messiah and urging them to repent. How? He did not remain parked by his failure, but kept moving on to victory. Some of us are parked by our illnesses. Resigning ourselves to sickness deprives us of an opportunity for a miracle of healing. Many park by their illnesses and make excuses, given all the right reasons why they're still in that state. The more we rationalize our present condition, the more we give ourselves reasons or excuses for remaining in that condition. If we remain parked where we if we remain parked there, we are not going anywhere. We're not moving, we're not going. Worldly ambition, sorry. Um, there's a terrible price to pay when we park in failure and defeat. Sickness is not your friend. Never. Do not make it comfortable in your life. So I say to you, do not park by your sickness. Keep moving. And then some of us are parked by worldly ambition. Worldly ambition can extinguish our spiritual ignition, leaving us with a mere handful of dirt. Sometimes we get so caught up with our plans, purposes, careers, businesses, and other ventures that we slow down, albeit gradually in our service, 
and involvement with God and his plans for us. We always consoled ourselves with the escape phrase, God understands. Then our gradual slowing down grinds to a halt as we find ourselves parked by our success. Some of us are parked by too much knowledge. Be careful that your excessive knowledge do not prevent you from God's best. So I say to you, do not park by too much knowledge. Keep moving. Some of us are parked by mediocrity and complacency. We've satisfied with the status quo. When you find yourself parking where you should not, you should shift gears and get back on the route God has mapped out for you. Parking takes us out of the regular flow of traffic, away from the movement. Everything passes us by as we remain at standstill. So here in 2020, I want us to know that where you have parked your life, whether it's illegal parking, which brings its certain penalties such as tickets, towing, charges, and fines, as disciples of Christ, we need to be aware of where we have a tendency to park spiritually. You know, as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, or as Christians, we need to know and we need to believe in the Lord that he's able, always is able. He can do anything. He is good all the time, and all the time he is good. And I want us to know that as believers in him, we have that promise that he will be with us at all times. At this time, Josh is going to play um, the lyrics of a song that I like. It's, it's Sai's, one of Sai's favorite songs, too, and it's called I Believe. Now, us older folk may, may be a little bit, may not like the bass very much, but it won't hurt you at all. You'll enjoy it. Okay. You ready, Josh? different now now that my heart's been found nothing really feels the same I hold my head a bit higher I lift my voice a bit louder yeah something inside has changed I am a mountain mover water walker more than just an overcomer cause I've been set free I am a gospel preacher, heart on fire, freedom singing, testifier, cause I've been redeemed. I am a believer, I am a believer, I know this is not my home, I know I don't walk alone. No matter what comes my way I have peace through the trouble I have joy through the struggle Now my hope's in a brighter day I am a mountain mover Water walker More than just an overcomer Cause I've been set free I am a gospel preacher Heart on fire 
See, that bass didn't hurt you at all. You're still here. (laughs) Just as Mr. Gaines turned into his driveway, he saw his neighbor, Mr. Schultz, struggling to get a large trunk through his front door. Always happy to help someone in need, Mr. Gaines parked his car and jogged across the lawn. Wait a minute, Carl, and I'll help you with that trunk. Boy, am I glad you came along, said Mr. Schultz. I thought I was going to have to wait until my son got home from football practice. Mr. Gates squeezed through the door and got on the other end of the trunk. Okay, ready, he called out. The two men set themselves to the task and worked with all their might. But within a few minutes, they were totally exhausted, and the trunk had moved only a few inches. Give me a few seconds to rest, said Mr. Gaines, as he leaned over, trying to catch his breath. What do you have in this trunk, anyway, asked Carl. Just a bunch of old books, he said. Well, let's try again. I think we can get them out of the house this time. Out? said Mr. Schultz. Why, I've been trying to get them in. (laughs) That's what happens when people are pushing or pulling in different directions. And you know, it's sad sometimes that in our church, we tend to push and pull against each other. I don't understand it, but it happens. You know, it has been four days since flight 2020 has taken off, but it's not too late to get on board. Welcome on board Flight 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain Emmanuel, God with us speaking. Thank you for choosing Salvation Airline, and and I assure you comfort as bestowed in John 3.16 and John 10.10. We are off and flying through to December 2020 airport. Please be reminded that during our flight, we will land in 12 interesting sites, taking us a total of 365 discovery days. We shall be cruising at uncountable blessings per day and a million miles above sorrow level. The weather may be cloudy, but grace is sufficient. There may be some turbulence, but divine intervention is certain. The Prince of Peace will speak, peace be still to your storms. The angels are our cabin crew. They will supply all our needs according to God's riches in glory. We shall not lack any good thing that pertains to life and godliness. Our menu includes peace, grace, mercy, favor, sound health, success, and prosperity. Amazingly, they are all free, courtesy of Captain Emmanuel, Christ Jesus, God with us. Please note that this is a no weeping, no mourning flight. Please fasten your prayer belt. We and all the members of our family will land safely. For more information about your safety on board, please always contact your safety manual 
the Bible on a daily basis. For any questions, please ask the Holy Spirit, who shall give you all the answers at any time. In Jesus, there shall be no loss. John 17, 19, 9-19. Please advertise the Salvation Airline to everyone, especially to all you know, for it's free. Enjoy your flight. I know we're running a tad late here, but I just want to, I just have a few more things um, to tell you about. And the, the, the most important one to me is, and it bothers me a lot, is how do people see us as Christians? You know, and I worry about it a lot, because do we portray Christ to others in a community and where we go so that those people will know that we are affiliated with our Lord Jesus Christ and want to follow him too. Have you ever heard your voice after it has been taped? <laughs> I don't like mine at all. Most people, when they hear what the sound like, say, that doesn't sound like me at all. How you see yourself is also probably different from how others see you. You may see yourself as shy, while your friends consider you to be outgoing. One day, the manager of a printing company called a new employee to his office. Alan, I want you to drive to the airport and pick up our company president. Mr. Riley has been gone on business for a week, and he's supposed to get in this afternoon. He'll be on flight 411, which should arrive about 2.30. Go ahead and use my car is the black BMW. Alan was eager to do as he was told, but he hesitated as he started to leave. Is there something wrong, asked the manager. Well, stammered Alan, I just wondered how to identify Mr. Riley when I see him. I mean, we've never met before. No problem. All you have to do is look for a man who is helping someone else. That's it? That's all the description I need? Trust me, you'll know him when you see him. That afternoon, Alan slid behind the steering wheel of the BMW and drove to the airport. He arrived a few minutes early, so he bought a newspaper and sat down in the waiting area. Flight 411, arriving at gate 2. People began streaming into the waiting room. How in the world am I going to pick him out, thought Alan. Then he saw a tall, dark-haired man escorting a frail, grandmotherly lady through the doorway. I'll get your suitcase, Alan heard him say. Just sit here until your son arrives. The man was starting to walk toward the baggage claim area when Alan stuck out his hand. Mr. Riley, my name is Alan Densmore. I'm here to take you back to the office. Mr. Riley looked at the young man in surprise. How did you know who I am, he asked. Alan smiled. It was easy. Before I left work, the office manager gave me your description. How do other people see us? 
Will they describe us as a Karen individual or individuals? When we make Jesus our example, people will know that we are Christians by our love. Can we do that in 2020? The grace and mercy we receive from God will always be equal to the challenges we face, always. You know, God has given us eyes not to judge others, but to look beyond situations. He has given us mouths not to criticize, but to speak for the truth. He has given us hands not to punish, but to give a helping hand. He has given us ears not to be insensitive, but to listen and aid those in pain. Everything God has given us has its purpose. Use them for the greater glory of the Lord. And I want to wish us all, we're in the new year already, but I want to hope and pray that this new year brings us great joy, perfect health, tremendous success, abundant wealth, I would love that, um, to you and your family. And, you know, I just want to do one more thing before we go, and it's about keep keeping on. We need to do that. If we are going to get to heaven when our Lord and Savior comes, we need to keep keeping on in 2020 and beyond. Toby the turtle, you may have heard this before. Toby the turtle lived in Mr. Rice's garden. Toby loved to eat Mr. Rice's red ripe tomatoes. Mr. Rice didn't mind Toby eating, Toby helping himself once in a while. But the turtle made quite a pig of himself and practically destroyed the whole tomato group. Not wanting to destroy the turtle, Mr. Rice took Toby for a ride and dropped him off near a nice wooded area about a mile and a half from the garden. At last, our tomatoes will be safe, said the man to his wife. But two weeks later, Mrs. Rice found the turtle sampling their tomatoes again. I'm sure that's Toby, she said to her husband. Mr. Rice didn't believe it, but he decided to try an experiment. He cut a little mark on the turtle shell. Then he took it to the same woods a mile and a half away. Again, Mr. and Mrs. Rice found the turtle in their garden within two weeks. And this time, it had a mark on its shell. So Mr. Rice picked up Toby and took him a few miles away in the other direction. That time, he didn't return. A year later, however, when the tomatoes were just beginning to ripen, guess who showed up? Toby. All right, Toby, I guess we are going to have to take some drastic measures, he said to his four-footed uninvited guest. I'm going to take you so far away that you'll never find my garden again. So Mr. Rice drove Toby across the Delaware River to a friend's house that was five miles beyond the river. Four years later, and Toby was all but forgotten 
until Mrs. Rice found Toby back in the garden eating tomatoes again. To return to Mr. and Mrs. Rice's tomato patch, Toby had either crossed the bridge or swum the river. The Rices tried one more time to find Toby a new home. They took him for another ride, six miles in a different direction. This time, it took Toby only two years to make his way back to his favorite Eden spot. Do you give up when things get tough? Or do you persist until you've accomplished what you set out to do? Just think what you could achieve in 2020 if you had Toby's determination. Now, come on, don't let a turtle show you up. Go for it in 2020, and may God bless you abundantly.